Hi, this is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living and with my colleague, Kat Larson. Hi, Kat. Hi, Dr. Taylor Hartman. How are you? I'm very good. Glad to hear that. Today is going to be a fun uh, discussion because it's about environment. And that could be culture in home, culture in business, uh, culture in the world we live in. Uh, We're going to talk about how your environment you grew up in impacted you. What role did you play in that? And then how's the environment you're creating as an adult? And what is your role in that? And we'll talk about how it looks. I have found in my career that unhealthy children remember what parents did wrong. Healthy children remember what they did right. And that's an interesting perspective on life. So, for example, if you're an unhealthy individual, you tend to remember the time your parent left you longer at the school when they should have been there to pick you up. You remember the time they looked away and the swing hit you in the head. You remember things that they should have done differently than they did. But healthy children remember um, that when you picked them up late at school, you took them to get an ice cream or you were busy at work and that's why you were late. And they tend to understand the world's not all about uh, you as a child. So they weren't always watching you on the swing the whole time. And they understand things happen. Mm -hmm. And they're forgiving of that. So I do think it's very important that we start looking at our environments and our relationships through whatever the eyes we are using. Are they healthy or are they unhealthy? And use that barometer to determine um, the culture that you're creating today, right? Mm -hmm. Because I've seen people that are both raised in the exact same environment. Now, obviously, personalities can be different, but their take on things is night and day, night and day. And yet they are both in the same home. So I think it's important for us to think about what is our take on people in, that we work with and take on people with whom we live with? And um, what kind of environment are we creating in our home? It was interesting. I was at uh, my grandson's baseball game, and he's very good. He's a catcher, and he's, very, um, he's just great, great fun to see do what he does well. Now, his dad loves baseball. I still remember mm-hmm. the time in my home when they were watching the World Series and my son-in-law said, when the last out happened, this is the best moment and worst moment of my life. I'm like, what? <laughs> what just happened? He goes, well, I got to see the World Series and now it's over until next year. So that's how much he loves baseball. Baseball. Wow. Remember, I love it because of the hot dogs. So we are vast, <laughs> vast area apart. (laughs) But, but his son has grown to love it every bit as much as he has. And he's been a wonderful engaged father. So I'm at the game and I'm watching this little boy. He's probably like maybe six and he's got a baseball mitt and a ball literally walking around the baseball diamond, the field uh, while the play is going on. He's just watching everything. Mm -hmm. And he's got a little mitt he's dragging with him. And I thought, wow. And so I talked to his mom. I said, so tell me about him. She goes, his life is baseball. His dad is so into baseball and he wants to be his dad in every way. And he, all he does is talk and sleep baseball. And I thought, isn't that interesting, the influence that we have on our children just by being who we are? So just about that moment after I said that, my grandson is spouting off just trash talking the other team, like just going at it. And I'm laughing hysterically, and my son-in-law is sitting right next to me, and he goes, yeah, that's my son. 
he stands as far away from me in the dugout as he can because he knows that I'll, I'll tell him to stop. But that's who I was. That's exactly me. He's doing exactly what I taught him, which is to trash talk in baseball. <laughs> and I thought, wow. isn't it fun to see? And it reminded me. It reminded me of times like when someone drops the, uh, the F-bomb, uh, like a kid who's maybe, you know, six. And the parents <laughs> look at each other and say, where did he learn that? Well, I mean, hello, it was you. you. <laughs> what do you mean? Where did he learn that, right? And of course, now oh, with social yeah, media, with, 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 with all the ways they can learn it, you always say, well, I don't think it was me. <laughs> and the spouse is like, it was you, trust me. Well, I think a lot of things that we learn, we learn in that environment. Like we really do learn like respect for people. Like you go to the Japanese world and they are so respectful of the elderly, like extremely mm-hmm. respectful. Yeah, I, yeah. Should, I should move there, I think. But Americans are not, they're not respectful of elderly. Well, what's, no. why not? No. What happened? Well, what happened was we were not taught to be and they were. And so it's right. really kind of cool when you start to realize, oh my gosh, I am influencing people all the time, right? It's, it's important for you to ask yourself, so if I am influencing my children, what is the culture I'm influencing them uh, like? What's the environment in my home? When they come home, what's, what's the feeling they have? Is it inviting? Is it proper? Is it um, formal? Is it relaxed? Is it playful and fun? Is it a lot of dialogue? Are people in their own doing their own things on the phone? What's the environment? It's one of the saddest things in my mind, Kat, that I've watched happen. Uh, I shouldn't be saying this because if you'd had my mother for a cook, you would not be saying what I'm going to say. But um, <laughs> my wife and I would go there for dinner after I got married, and she would kick me under the table when the food was not good, because <laughs> I didn't know. I been, That's all I knew. I ate, I ate it all my life. So it was, looked good to me. But um, she had to kick me out of the table. Don't eat that. <laughs> but Don't eat that. Don't but eat that. <laughs> it was so bad. But as a family, we ate dinner together. That's like a lost mm-hmm. art. Like literally people have yep. children, but they don't eat with them. And they right. allow them to sit alone watching TV. And I'm like, what on earth are you doing? It's your family. That's the time mm-hmm. you sit. And those of us that have had great family dialogues over dinner, we relish them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look back with such great um, gratitude for those moments being mm-hmm. together and talking. And, I, and I've told people all along that you need to really think about, are you telling your kids they don't matter by allowing them to be in their own rooms, having their own food, eating their own different kind of foods, not eating together as a family? Are you allowing that to happen? And is that what you want? Is that what you want to happen? I was talking to my business partner this morning, um, Kristen, and uh, she said she had seen something that really hit her, stopped her in her tracks. And just what you're talking about, mm. and it says, "Are you parenting for, um, are you parenting for convenience or build character?" Wow. And it's like that. You're talking about convenience. It's like yes. it's just so easy to keep a kid quiet by handing them an iPad or to, you know, it's hard yes. to talk. You know, we don't know. It's uncomfortable. It takes work. I'm tired. I want to sit and watch, you know, something on Netflix and eat my dinner. I'm going to let them go upstairs. And, and, you know, I think it's okay every once in a while when you're just done, but, yeah. but it, it does become, uh, uh just a, a true way of life. Yes. You never, you know, they no. never sit down and eat together or you never, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I like what you just said. It, I mean, the, the one-offs are not the problem. It's when they become right. normal. Like that's all you get. That's right. right. And, and I am yep. well aware by what, what you're saying is true. What Kristen shared was so great. 
that I do think it's harder to character parent than to convenience parent. Absolutely. Yep. Like it's not easy to do. It's hard to do. But if you're not going to do it, who is going to do it? And oftentimes I say to a parent, think about what you're teaching them as to how the world will receive them. Not how you receive them, not how you accept them, but how will the world judge them based on what you're allowing to go on here? So I think it's very good. Are we charactering our children to have a good life? And are we teaching them young? Or are we ignoring those responsibilities like respect or uh, commitments or things like that? And we cannot do, we cannot teach what we don't do. That that does not work. It never will work, right? So if you are committed to loving your children, mm-hmm. then how does that look? How does that come across? And what are you committed to them knowing? Like if I said to you, Kat, you can only teach them three things. That's it. Those are the three most important things. That's what you have a right to, and they have to learn it. That's part of the deal. Nothing else goes, but those three things happen. That kind of pushes the envelope, doesn't it? Like what, what, what really does matter that much to me? And I, and I give 110% respect to my mom, who she wanted me mm-hmm. to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was her bottom line. Mm-hmm. I want you to know what that is. And she spent mm-hmm. years teaching in a seminary uh, setting where all her oh. kids were taught that. Like every morning at 6 o'clock, we had an hour. And she, a mother of seven, found a way to get there and teach because she wanted every kid to know it. Isn't that interesting? Wow. So she was committed to that dynamic. And I, and I respect her for that. Even if I chose not to believe, I would respect her for what she believed and did that. You know, personally, I do believe. I am grateful for it. But I really admire someone who does what they say matters to them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to think about that. Now, ironically, if you're married and what you want them to learn and your spouse doesn't, you better negotiate that. You got six total, right? Three each. So you might actually share some of the same ones and you may not, Mm -hmm. but you have to support each other in the process so that you actually get the message across. These things matter to me. One of my son-in-laws has said, I want my kids to grow up to be good humans. That's my bottom line. I don't care if they like me, they will be good humans. That's kind of a cool Mm -hmm. statement, right? Yes. I I was just thinking about the fact that like, I think I said it and I didn't live it for a while and I'm living it now. You know, like as a parent, I said, you need to, you know, truth was my number one. Uh, And then I'm just, it's just an interesting thing. It's because truth is not like a black or white thing when you're not truthful. Yes. It's like you can put it on a sliding sliding scale. scale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, well, we we are not telling the truth this time because there's a reason. (laughs) And then the way your kids interpret it, but it's like, you better be ready to live that stuff. Um, you know, like freaking out loud and, um, and on point and brutally brutal. Like it's got, this is what it looks like. I think in one of our, you know, one of your steps in the character code is, uh, confronting the brutal facts and and you're, you're speaking to that to me right now, which is like, you know, make sure you are committed to these facts and how they, how they come out and you don't say it and then do something different. Right. That's so beautiful because the truth is it won't work. I I guarantee you, by the way, if you say one thing, but you don't do it, it does not work. It won't play out. But ironically, a lot of people like the, like image, like let's say image is really more important than truth. So that's, that's like the example of I'm taking this group of young people to a national park and this kid Mm -hmm. is in the car and his dad is like Mr. Like, 
righteous, like everything is done right. And so right. I say, well, I got to figure out like how many people we have in the car because we have to pay like when we go in. And this kid goes, well, do you want us to do it like my dad does it? I said, well, what does your dad do? He goes, okay, well, I'm going to go underneath the seat and put a blanket over me. And so you can not count me. <laughs> I said, are you serious? He goes, oh, yeah. That's oh, no, how no, no, no. Exactly. No, that's a great insight. So people justify that really it's the image more than it is the truth that's going on. But the kid, the kid in all his innocence has learned the truth, which is it is about image, not about the truth. So I love that because I I don't think at the end of the day we can get away with what we think we can get away with because kids are so right. They just see it for what it really is. Um, and also, yep. like, are we go- are we going to be critical? Are we going to be critical of our kids? I was thinking about this this young woman I was working with and her and her boyfriend. They're both great, and she is blue and he is white. And so she's talking about all the things he does that are really quite charming. To be honest with you, like he he'll call mm-hmm. her and wake her up on a certain time if she's not up because she needs that and she likes that and and um, things that are pretty unique, I think. But then she has things mm-hmm. that annoy annoy her, and she's going off like blues can do, right? So I said to her, look. Okay, I'll make a deal with you because I'm, I'm good friends with him. I, I do well with him. I said, I will work on him getting rid of that, that the irritation. I'm, I'm going to do that. But at the same time, it's trade-off one for one. I'm going to take back something he does right. I'm just going to make that not happen anymore. So you tell me what you want to do. We're going to do a trade-off. <laughs> and she's like, she literally is dead silent. She goes, that's not right. I said, right. That's not right. <laughs> Need I say more? Stop with the negativity. Stop with the irritation. Start appreciating what he does right. So I think that's one of the things that we as parents need to do with our kids. See what's doing they're doing right and tell them. And don't think you have to be always the fairness. It's like everyone's not the same. Everyone's different. Right. But that's your job is to let them know why you love them, that you care about them, that they are definitely enough, regardless of what they right. choose to believe, right? And that's an important one. Oh, yes. Don't be so critical. Another one, don't sell your spouse out. That's a big one we have where people kind of dismiss one of the spouses in favor of the kids. Right. So, mm-hmm. so there's um, a good, Oh, I have a good example. So this gal, this gal was with her kids at the airport and they'd been waiting longer than they should have been. And the husband who left when he said he would and got stuck in traffic shows up when he gets there, he gets laid out by her and the kids for being late. And I said, so when the kids were complaining that he was not there on time, did you tell them, look, you know your dad. He will be here. It's not because he doesn't want to be here. Something happened. Or did you agree with them? He was being irresponsible. She goes, well, I kind of whined like they did. I said, shame on you. Shame on you. What you should have done was said, oh, you know your dad. It's not him. It's not him. He always will come when he can. I mean, we need to not sell our spouses out. We need to stand by them and then take them aside afterwards and go, I don't know if that's working the way you want it to. I'm not sure that's quite what you wanted to say. Or can we talk about that? You know, that kind of thing. I think that's really healthy because I love what my wife says. I don't know if you know that you said this and that's one, maybe not what you meant. I said, what? It's not what I meant at all. So that was cool because I can then go about and correct it. Right. But if in the, in the middle of it, she jumps in and chimes in and dismisses me that is not going to build us as a strong team, right? Well, yeah, and then you break trust everywhere, right? I mean, right. you're just breaking trust because, yeah, and then your kids see that that's okay or that that's, uh, I don't even know what happens with kids that that happens too. That's tough. 
And then you know, I, when I also, a kid sees that, well, I want you also yeah. to know that if, for example, somebody, uh, one of the parents is irresponsible, like they, they, they are abusive, like they may mm-hmm. hit or yell or whatever. I have no problem with you intervening. Just intervene first with the spouse. First, you say mm-hmm. to them that cannot happen in my home. I cannot do that. It's not something I could abide by. So if you have to do it, then find a different way because it's not going to happen when I'm there. And I'm, I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, I will not allow it. So I, I like that. I've had many parents over the years that they actually felt strongly enough about that, which I agreed with them, that they stepped in and said to the spouse, figure out a way to make this work for you because I can't have that happen when we're there. And uh, most, most of the time, the parent has been responsible. Sometimes they've not. They just did, they didn't believe it was going to be stopped. And the, the other spouse does step in and says, well, you and I have talked about this. That does not work. So uh, there are moments mm-hmm. when I think you need to do that in front of each other. But first you go to the spouse. Otherwise they feel undercut all the time, right? Yeah, you know, I, you're, the, the tactics of, not tactics, I mean, that's kind of right, tactics. It's like, I think one of the other things as you're, when, you know, when you're talking, I'm thinking about how to deal in an environment with conflict, like like with your family, yes. we just don't get taught that. Yeah, you know, we don't get taught how to deal with conflict because, as I grew up, my mom and dad. My dad was a red. My mom was a white. They could not talk for four days. Yeah, yeah, L- literally. <laughs> That's amazing. Literally. <laughs> and I'm walking around going, "What's happening? Hello? What's going on? <laughs> what? The yellow? What? You know, no eye contact. Nobody's talking. You're like, okay, I'm out." <laughs> You know, one hundred percent. But that's a weird thing. It's like so. I, we don't do that in my household. I actually was like on a. On, you know, we don't. I was like opposite. I did that. Oh, yeah, oh you, hell no! Not right, my. You're, you're a talker, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we did it opposite. Well, well, wouldn't you agree though that it's it's like sad to send kids off into marriage thinking that you don't ever fight, like that you don't do that. Right. If you, you fight, you're divorcing. Like what? No, we're just having a fight. Right. We just disagree, right? And right. I and I do well, you think you told that story about Gene. Oh yes. <laughs> the first time. I'm like, leaving. The second time working. <laughs> Clearly I'm out of here. It's so true. Clearly. I mean it's so and it's so sad that kids are so vulnerable. They get taught that kind of stuff, right? So yeah. I do think yeah. what's so important, as in any conflict, that the underlying uh, love and appreciation is in place, always in place. And then you can have disagreements. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you disagree about as long as the kids that are seeing it can understand the love you have for each other underneath. And remember the sandwich yes. effect. You love, you speak the issue, and then you love again. You have to, People need to be reminded at the end of the discipline or the fight or whatever, you do know I love you, right? Or I'm, I'm looking forward to makeup sex or whatever they do to remind the person they're very much in their court. They're in their corner. They believe mm. in them, right? That gives kids yeah. a safety net to know. But I think if you yeah. ever, ever have conflict, well, I mean, there are some couples that just don't have that, but they're very rare. And those that do should do it with kind of the format of underneath this, you know, you're, you're my person, right? Yes. I, I, I also I, I also wonder about like laughter in the home. I see a lot of homes that don't have much of that. Mm-hmm. They're almost in silos, doing their own things they enjoy or whatever, but not necessarily mm-hmm. engaging as a group. Uh, 
And I, I feel sad for families that don't have any of that um, dynamic at play. And if there's a detachment from the kids or from each other as spouses, I love like single moms that are working their tail off just to put food on the table. And they also have this cheerful kind of engaging, playful interaction with the child. It's not just mm-hmm. about putting food on the table and working hard. It's, it's just enjoying them, um, being with them, laughing at things that are going on. Uh, that's what we need to have. I think we need to have that anyway. That's a bias of mine. I think it makes for uh, life is, is easier. It's kind of the oil to life kind of makes it more fluid happens. Yeah. You know, we experienced a little bit of that Paco. Uh, my kids and I would like, you know, laugh on the floor, <laughs> laugh on the floor and Paco's standing, like looking at us, like <laughs> what are you doing? nothing going on. What are you doing? Like, you know, yeah. and us inviting him in. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable at the beginning because it's like, honey, is this not funny to you? And he like would look at me. He's like, yeah, that's funny. You're like, okay. <laughs> right. Tell your face. <laughs> yeah, tell your face again. Um, but it but it was an invite in and it was a comfort and he just never had any of that. There was zero of that in yes. his upbringing. Yep. And so, you inviting him so, in was so cool. I so cool. Instead of saying yeah. mocking him, like you don't belong. We don't want you. Then go on. Right. Ah, so right. good. So good. Right. And it took a while. I mean, it's like people that of course laughing hard and and being you know doing that like him sitting there and how how long it took and how long it took him to to start participating. Yes. Um. But it was my kids who helped me do that. I mean, I was just I lost patience at some point. It's like, oh come on, that's funny. Come on. (laughs) He was. (laughs) They were actually more patient with him, right? Come on, Dad. They oh totally. Oh, that's sweet. Totally. That's very sweet. Yeah. No, yeah. I like that. It's, so, it, it's also like, let's talk about education. Like, I, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not funny, but it's, I, I grew up in a home where you get educated. Like, that's going to happen. You're going to college. Just yeah. nobody yeah. wasn't going to go to college. Like, and I, and I, I feel so grateful for that. I never had to wonder if I was going to go or not. And I, I see people that, well, we don't talk about it. They don't share things they've learned. They don't discuss intellectual dis, uh, things. And so... I think you send a message that it, learning is not that important when I think learning is kind of an essence of life, whether you learned experientially yeah. or book learning or whatever, it just seems harder for the kid that is not taught. Well, of course we do this to then embrace it when they get older. It's never really been in their thinking. They never thought about that before. Right. So right. I do think and you, you, ne- you never think you never thought you weren't going to go exactly. on and have a college education, which yeah. made it easier. Right. It was it's easier because yep. I wasn't, yep. I wasn't worried about that. Of course I'm going. Right. And I, and I see a lot what of, if you didn't want to go. Well, if you knew my mother, it, that didn't matter. <laughs> it was irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it was not an option. You got, you went to school period. <laughs> you're gone. And in some ways you were glad to get out <laughs> to go. Yes. So you could be your own person. It was easier. Right, right. So there is that also. (laughs) Quantitative analysis was easier than your mother. 100%. Yeah. I could date a girl all semester and pass statistics, but I couldn't do that at home. But but you know what? I do think people ought to look at their homes and say, what is it I create in my home? Like what's important in Mm -hmm. my home? And for me, spirituality was important and school and education was important. Humor was important. Yes. 
socializing was important, like friends, engaging with yes. people. Yes. I, so I don't know what it is for you in your homes, but I will tell you as parents that whatever you don't provide for them will become harder when they embrace it. Like if I wanted, I learned baseball like when I was two, like that's what we did in our house. So it was not hard to figure it up. Well, if I'd never played baseball and I'm 22 and I want to start, way difficult. So whatever right. things matter to you, start doing it sooner and not later, and it'll become kind of the way that they are in life, right? Oh, that's so good. Yep. Yes. The things that, the regrets that I talk with people about, Kat, often come from, uh, they never thought about it until too late. They missed the moment. And then when they got older and realized that they wish they had done, that's the part that I think is probably hardest for me to kind of deal with for clients that are very sincere, very genuine. They're just being honest. They're just telling me, you know what? <sighs> I missed it. I missed the moment. I didn't put it in play. And I'm sorry for that. We talked about that last time at the vacation. They went to Canada instead of the bathroom. And I got this wonderful yeah. comment from a listener that said, oh, yeah, they call my husband Vacation Joe. That's what they call him because he's just magic on vacation and he makes us all happy. And I, I thought, what a great, what a legacy, what a great legacy. Right. So think yeah. about what is the legacy? What is it? Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good thing too. When people, it, it's a little scary when you go, I, you know, I didn't think about it. That is a scary place because like, if I don't know, I don't know. I didn't know. No. I don't know who, no. who would have told me. But if you take the color code and you look at the red, yellow, blue, and white, and you, you set up a thought process around and look, just even looking at the words yes, and saying, yes. is this in my environment? It, there, that covers a lot of I don't knows. Well right? said. Am I kind? Am I listening? Right. Are we having fun? Are we connected? How do we connect? Are we driven? Do we have goals as a family? I mean, what do we want? What is this environment? And I think it's a really good thing to say, there's not a lot you wouldn't know or wouldn't uh, uh, at least go through the thought process of if you don't, if you look at the color code and just go through and ask those questions about your family. I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. So it, that, and I'm so glad you said that because we have listeners that truly don't have uh, an idea. They weren't raised with it. They weren't mm -mm. given that. Right. No. And I, no. and they want, they want so badly to do it right. So what a great mm -hmm. insight. Just lay out the character code of the colors. Lay it out. Have, have a look. Yep. What's missing? Why, why, what's it, missing? Do we not value it? You know, or do we not put any mm -hmm. time or energy into it? That's exactly mm -hmm. right. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Because I, I think I really feel bad for people that didn't get a kind of a good foundation, a good beginning. And they really have to kind of catch up. Like they're doing catch up most of their life. And that's harder. It's especially when they're so sincere, they want to do it right, but they didn't. They didn't come with any of those skills. So, as as mm -hmm. listeners, please do that. Lay the words out and have a look at all the words and say, "Does this happen in our home? Does this happen in our place of work? Is this something I value? If I do, mm -hmm. how would you know that? That kind of stuff. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's helpful because when you say when you say your client say to you, "I, I just didn't know. I yes. didn't even think about it." That scares me in a way. It's like, what am I not thinking about? Yeah. Kathy, what am I not thinking about? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, but you're right. I mean, in all fairness, like in our colors that we live in, right? Like we don't necessarily yes. think about things that are important to think about. That's a great point. Right. Yeah, I like I right? like or if the way we experienced it was so jaded, we don't do any of it, even though it's a good thing. Yes. Like we just dismiss it completely, even though it could be a good yes. thing. Right? 
It's just done yeah, wrong. If all the laughter in our house was from making fun of other right. people, that's and a, that's why we laughed, and great. that and, and that's not what yes. that's not what fun is. No, and if somebody's raising that kind of home, right, they'd say, "I I, mm-hmm. I disdain it. I was horrible." Yes. Well, yeah, because yes. it was done wrong. The motive was wrong. So, just so exactly. our listeners know, every time you go back to the motive, every time if you can understand whether it's clean or dirty, that will change and transform your understanding of life. Everything. Like, for example, if there is no peace in your home and you can figure out the motive why there is no peace and why you don't value it or you value it, but you can't, you're not strong enough to hold it, whatever it might be, you can discover the core reason and what to do about it every single time. Or like, like fun. We've talked about fun and I've had people say to me, I didn't value it. It didn't make any sense to me. In fact, I thought it was a waste of time. And meanwhile, you guys are out there having a great waste of time and I'm not doing any of it. And I never realized my motive was a fear. I was so judgmental. I thought, I can't do that like you do. Therefore, it hasn't any value and it's a waste of my time. So therefore, I devalue you for doing it. I never saw my dirty motive in looking at it that way. I never saw it. So that, that's a pivotal thing to understand, people. You, you just have to understand why you're doing and thinking the way you're thinking. Is it clean or is it dirty? Mm-hmm. I'm taking a note. Just taking a note. <laughs> always good to be note-taking. Um, I love that. It's, and it does, yes, we want to expand yes. lives, right? We want people to have more abundance and more joy. And I hope you people are, are just feeling more enthused about the possibilities from the work that we're trying to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll quit for today. It's been great. Um, check your environment. Oh. It's always fun, Kat. Pleasure. Hey, thanks, Taylor. You're amazing. Have a great week. Bye, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye now. Hey, Color Code family. It's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the people code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.